Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wanderers to my labyrinth of crazy talk. My name is Rob, and I will be your host to talk on topics and strange and bizarre as you join me on The Darken Walk. Cryptozoology is a search for and study of unknown, legendary, or extinct animals whose present existence is disputed or unsubstantiated, particularly those popular in folklore. Cryptozoologists refer to these entities as cryptids, a term coined by the subculture because it does not follow the scientific method. Cryptozoology is considered a pseudoscience by mainstream science. It is neither a branch of zoology nor of folklore studies. But oftentimes, those in the field wonder why it is that science does not take a more active role in this arena. Could it be that most scientists worry about their careers and reputation than they do discovery? I wonder. Because when delving deep into this crypto-pseudoscience, oftentimes reveals that which challenges us as a species to answer questions that require answers. Or do we just bury our heads in the sand and continue to default to logic? Meaning, for instance, that if said cryptid exists, then it must follow the general laws of nature in that it must require a food source, a habitat, trace evidence, as we know it to exist in the world that surrounds us. Yet perhaps there are laws in which cryptids follow that are all but foreign to us. So I have a theory of thought on just this concept. Here's my theory. When considering interdimensional beings that can cross through doorways or portals into our world, then perhaps the laws to which we know are not the laws in which these entities exist. In other words, since little is known on many cryptids for lack of evidence we require to believe, and that fits into a nice neat little package within our domain, then who's to say that, say, a food source the cryptid requires is not something found within this world? And that's only one example of many. I wanted to begin this way because, as I got to digging deeper, down the rabbit hole of cryptids, it becomes more and more evident that, like the vast oceans in which we only know about 5% of its entirety, that perhaps the same can be said about all else in the world we live. Maybe, just maybe, there is a whole landscape that surrounds us and is alive and active and present, but because we have no proof of it, we simply deem it myth, theory, conjecture along with those entities that perhaps come from it, such as cryptids. Now, most commoners, when the term cryptid is brought up into conversation, or perks one's curiosity because maybe they watched an episode of Monster Quest, they typically think of creatures like Bigfoot, Loch Ness, Mothman, Chubacabra, just to name a few. But there are many to which most have never heard of. So here, in this episode... I'm going to break out the old Indiana Jones gear, ready my whip and satchel, and take you on an exploration of cryptids you may have never heard tell of. 
Now there are cryptids all over the world, uh, but I'm going to focus on just the United States and I'm only going to cherry pick a few of them from the different regions within the United States. So I've broken the United States into five different regions. There's the Northeast region, Southeast, Midwest, Southwest, and Northwest. So we're going to start with the Northeast region and I'm going to pick out a cryptid or two from there that I believe most people have never heard of. So okay. So as I break out my cryptozoologist's field guide, let's see here. Ah, here's one. Sounds kind of funny, but nonetheless, it is listed as a cryptid. Okay, so going into narration mode. Melonhead. Location. Michigan, Ohio, Connecticut. The environment in which it exists. Forests. Description. Melonheads are small, almost childlike humanoid creatures with large bulbous heads who emerge from dark hiding places to attack and consume people. Its origins? The origins of the melon head vary based on their location, but there are some defining characteristics. All of the examples are said to be the result of severe hydrocephalus, and in most tales there is some sort of asylum or orphanage with abuse of some sort. In Michigan, Children at an asylum were said to have been systematically abused, whereas in Ohio, it was children at an orphanage who were experimented on. In both examples, the children escaped and resorted to cannibalism of sorts. In Connecticut, it is said that the children of escapees from an asylum for the criminally insane developed hydrocephalus due to cannibalism and inbreeding. A different version of the Connecticut story describes Melonheads as the descendants of a colonial-era family accused of witchcraft. The family fled into the woods, and their descendants became Melonheads after years of inbreeding. As with all Melonheads, these examples are all cannibalistic. Pukwudgie. Location, Massachusetts. Environment, Fall River State Forest, Massachusetts. Pukwudgie is a two to three foot tall creature that is said to resemble a human with an enlarged nose, ears, and fingers. They have smooth gray skin and have been known to glow. Pukwudgies are thought to be tricksters, able to appear and disappear and transform, but also have a decidedly more vicious bent. They will attack people, kidnap children, and lure people to their deaths. The story of the Pukwudgies comes from Wampanoag folklore. They are said to have been jealous of the affection granted to Moshop, the creator of Cape Cod. I think I said that right, Moshop. And so began to torment the people of the region. Their innocent nuisance became more violent as they began killing, kidnapping, and burning Wampanoag peoples. Recent unexplained suicides have been linked to the Pukwudgie returning. Okay, so now we're going to drop into the southeast region. Here's one. Ozark Howler, or otherwise known as the Ozark Black Howler. Location, Arkansas, Missouri, Oklahoma, and Texas. Well, that's kind of more south. But nonetheless, it is listed in my cryptozoologist's field guide as existing in the southeast region. Anyway, environment, remote wilderness. Description. The Ozark Howler is said to be a bear-sized quadruped with a thick body, stocky legs, black shaggy hair, 
and prominent horns. Its cry is described as similar to a combination of a wolf's howl and an elk's bugle. The Ozark black howler may be an unidentified big cat, or it could be a modern interpretation of the dark dogs of death concept found in British folklore. Yet another from the southeast, the Voplick Monster. Location, Kentucky. Environment, Floyd's Fork Creek, Louisville, Kentucky. The Poplick Monster is a part man, part goat, and part sheep creature with a body that is described as being grotesquely deformed. Its legs are powerful and fur-covered like goat legs. It has an alabaster skin face with an aquiline nose and wide-set eyes and a set of sharp, short horns. The monster is said to live under a train trestle and is believed to use some type of deception to entice victims. Reports speak of voice mimicry and hypnosis used to lure people onto the tracks and be struck by passing trains or leap to their deaths. It is said they may also carry an axe. The origins of the public monster vary, with some suggesting that it was a circus freak who was mistreated and subsequently vowed vengeance. Other tales describe it as the reincarnated form of a Satan-worshipping farmer who sacrificed goats. Okay, so now we are journeying to the Midwest. Here's one, Beast of Busco. Location, Churubusco, Indiana. Environment, Falk Lake near Churubusco, Indiana. Description, a huge turtle believed to be over 500 pounds. Origins, in 1898, Oscar Falk reported finding a gigantic turtle living in a lake on his farm. Fifty years later, the turtle was spotted again. The turtle was named Oscar, having been named for the man who originally found it, gained some notoriety at the time, and sightseers came to try to find the beast. After searching and even attempting to drain the lake he was living in, Oscar remained hidden. Now on this note, I just want to kind of do a sidebar real quick. What's interesting about this is turtles can get pretty big. I've seen a couple in zoos, specifically snapping turtles. Now imagine the length of years that these things can live, 150 years. So if this thing was spotted in 1898, 100 years later it'd be 1998, 50 years from that would be 2048. So who's to say that old beast of Busco isn't still out there somewhere? And imagine if it has migrated to some other lake or has had offspring and you're swimming along in this nice freshwater lake, not worried about sharks or anything like that, and all of a sudden, bloop, you're gone because the thing got you from below. The Loveland Frog. Location, Ohio. Environment, Little Miami River. Description, the Loveland Frog is a humanoid frog that's said to stand about four feet tall. Origins, the Loveland Frog was seen in 1972 by a police officer, was by the side of the road, and leapt into the Miami River when he approached. Giant reptiles and lizard men have been reported in other parts of the country, but the Loveland Frog is different in that, despite the Loveland Lizard name, it is consistently described as a frog. Momo the Monster, otherwise known as the Missouri Monster. Location, Missouri. Environment, near the Mississippi River. Description, Momo has been described as a bipedal creature with a large, pumpkin-shaped head that stands seven feet tall and is covered in black fur. 
It is said to have a terrible smell. Momo is known to eat dogs and other pets, suggesting that it is carnivorous. The similarities and description to other similar cryptids suggest that it may actually be omnivorous. Momo was first seen in 1971 by a group of picnickers. Okay, and now we're going to move to the southwest region. There are a handful that exist in the southwest region, of which most people have heard of. But here's one that I found kind of interesting, and it's called the Elmendorf Beast. Location, Elmendorf, Texas. Environment, fields, forests, and farmland. Description, the Elmendorf Beast is a type of canine, roughly 20 pounds with a severe overbite and an unusual blue hairless skin. The San Antonio Zoo was unable to conclusively determine what type of animal it was, leading to speculation that it was similar to the chubacabra, or an escaped product of lab experimentation. Origins? The Elmendorf beast was shot and killed by a Texas rancher in August of 2004. Hmm, shot and killed. That means it did exist. It wasn't just a story. Finally, we journey to the northwest of America. And here I'll pick out a couple, again, of those most have probably never heard of. So here's one from the northwest. Ghost Deer. Location, California. Environment, canyons of Mount Eddy. Description, the ghost deer appears to be a 10 to 12 point buck that looks considerably larger than normal California deer. Its defining characteristic is that bullets seem to pass right through it and that it can appear and disappear at will. Tracks that have been followed seem to simply end. And finally, to conclude this episode, here's the last one from the Northwest region that I have selected of the many. This one is called Trinity Alps Giant Salamander. Location, California. Environment, shallow fast-flowing streams in the Trinity Alps. Description. The giant salamander is an alleged 30-plus inch long salamander that lives in the Trinity Alps. While this size is larger than most known salamanders, it is comparable to that of the hellbender salamander from the eastern United States. There have been reports of salamanders that are described as alligator-sized, which would make them substantially larger than the hellbender. Other large salamanders are nocturnal, solitary animals that feed primarily on small fish. The first report of the Trinity Alps giant salamander was in the 19th century. Now imagine that. You're fly fishing in a stream, hoping to catch that big old trout, and you don't catch that big old trout, you catch that six-foot salamander. Well, that's it for this podcast within the Darken Walk. I hope I left you with some thought-provoking concepts to carry you through the rest of your day and even into your sleep. Always remember, never close your mind to the possibilities that may exist. Peace out.